T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. This is the show... About the show, the podcast within the show, not the actual show. The Permission Granted Podcast comes to you on iTunes. Simply search PGP. Also, you can get it on our website, daoncbs.com. It's archived there, and it's on the normal iTunes DA show feed. So we are three days, three shows into the new time slot. We are taping this following Wednesday's show. Just got off the air, and... uh I would say, Mraz, early returns positive. I feel like listener response has been good. Management response has been positive. I feel good about the shows. I would say that uh, right now, all positive with the time slot. Yeah, which amazes me. I thought for sure there'd be a slip-up three days in, and I think so far everything's been pretty smooth sailing. Uh, We haven't gotten any hate mail or hate tweets from you know, maybe diehard Tiki Tierney fans that maybe would have disliked us. That's a good point. So I think that's, I think you take all that into account. We've been received well. I think the morning people around the building seem to like us. Uh, I think p- perception is good. I, I like where the where we're headed. We got the call out of the bullpen yesterday following the show. Oh, boy. To the boss's office. He said he wanted to connect about the first two shows. Honestly, when we were walking back, what did you expect? I knew that we had nailed the first two shows and done extremely well. Nailed it. I I would say nailed it. Not even just okay. I thought we had excellent first two shows. But walking back there, because a boss has to be a boss, I expected some heavy critiques to the point of maybe just uh, making something up just to knock us while we were up, you know, to keep us down a peg. Uh-huh. That was definitely my fear. And I was almost getting angry on the walk back going like, well, what is it going to be? Because it's going to be something. What's it going to be? Yeah. What did you think it was going to be? I don't know. I don't know. You I were get, worried that uh, maybe. You know what? Maybe too much non-sports with the McDonald's uniform stuff. Right. And uh, That was Tuesday's show. That was Tuesday's show. Anything like that, like, well, why are you guys discussing uniforms in two different segments? You know, we, we should be breaking down the Grizzlies Spurs more or something yeah. like that, which was ironic because when we were in Phoenix for the Final Four, we heard from people that handle affiliate relations that affiliates seem to love when we go non-sports. So yeah. that's all they had to do was inject us with that to yeah. know we were, but that may be butting heads with what management thinks. So there was definitely some fear of that. And knowing that in the end, as the producer, I will become the whipping boy for any problems that exist between management and the show, if right. you will. Yeah. You can kind of skirt out of it. You'll hear stuff, but you'll skirt out of it, and I'll hear it maybe three hours later. Yeah. So, um, yeah, on that point, I always found that the most hysterical part about working here, 
Um, and I don't know if it, it might happen other places as well, but um, at least working here, the producers get the brunt of the frustration for the host's problem. Yes. The host's mistakes, rather. Right. The host mistakes. If a host makes a mistake, the producer is yelled at and says, get your hosts in in in, in line. And um, that's kind of bizarre to me because uh, I've always dealt with program directors directly, but maybe that that's what happens at the local level where there's less levels of management, and maybe at the national level it's a little different. So uh, I have no problem if if ma- bosses don't like something on the show. I have no problem, as you've seen in um, meetings that we've had, no problem sparring back and forth. And because I you know, almost to the point where it can get uncomfortable. Yeah. you know me, I'll sink in confrontation. I know, but uh, I feel confident because there's a reason that I do everything. There's a method to everything we do. People might it might sound like it's just one big game. Everything is uh, there's a reason behind it. So I don't, I, I feel very good and confident going into those meetings and go, this is why we did this. But anyway, uh, I thought when we got it, I, I thought maybe, yeah, we were spending too much time on non-sports uh, stuff. Interestingly, I did an interview on 93.1 in Boise, our affiliate in Boise the other day, and I was talking to uh, the guy um, before I went on the air, and he said, you know, we really like the show out here. We, we really love when you do stuff like the Girl Scout cookies uh, bit from the other day. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, again, another affiliate that's like we like the non-sports stuff that you do. Everybody's talking Greg Popovich. you got to find another angle. <laughs> yeah. But um, I thought that maybe the boss was going to be a little perturbed that I called out both Patrick and Levitard oh. out of the shoot on Monday within the first five minutes. You know what? The first day was such a whirlwind. Yeah. I had almost forgotten about that because my jaw dropped. I remember sitting back there and I'm looking over at the body Bilotti going, yeah, we're doing this right away here. <laughs> Can we get a show under our belt before, you know, we basically seem like the Rex Ryan jets out the shoot in the middays. You know, we're taking back to town, the whole deal. Like, that's, that's what it felt like. But you know what? Take a stand early. Let them know there's a new new animal in charge. Well, again, there was uh, there was a method to this, and that was that if you had never listened to our show before, you didn't ever know the DA show, you hadn't heard us, and you had been listening to Tiki and Tierney, and for and you you tuned in on Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern time, and you were like, wait a second, this is not the Tiki and Tierney open. Well, who is this guy? Click, you know. I wanted to grab people's attention and say, no, no, there's a reason to keep listening. And um, one of those reasons I really believe, and that is that we we are going against two very notable, um, high-profile hosts in this time slot. Dan Levitard on ESPN Radio, Dan Patrick on Fox Sports Radio. If you have the choice to listen to national radio at that time slot, you have the choice, maybe in your market, of either of the three of us. Now, those two shows have very high-profile hosts, but I think that they both have flaws. Um, And I'm sure our show has flaws as well, but for me... The biggest being at the producer position. (laughs) It's a big hole in the lineup. Um, We, You know, for Levitard, who I really think is a very smart guy, and I love his writing and I love his columns, he openly admits he doesn't want to talk sports on his radio show. Which means it becomes, I think there are four hours. I think maybe there are three in the local hour. Um, but it's three or four hours of them just joking around, which they can be funny. But I tune in and go like, well, I don't want to I don't want to listen to a sports radio host that, that openly despises talking sports. 
Like, if, if you get into non-sports stuff like we do, that's okay. That's part of the conversation. Right, but the reason you're listening is you're a sports fan. Totally. And I really would like to know what Dan Levitard thinks about Celtics Bulls last night. But I know he doesn't really want—he doesn't want to talk about it and will openly um, kind of revolt against talking about it. So I go with, well, that's a win for us because I like talking sports. Right. And then for Patrick— People really like Patrick, and I understand why. I mean, he's a polished television guy. He's a comfortable listen. But I've never heard Patrick take a heavy or hard stance on anything, let alone a controversial stance. I mean, he has never gone to the point where I'm like, whoa, Dan. That's a good point. And I think that's because he is he's polished from a corporate standpoint, and I don't think he really has heavy opinions on the NBA on college sports, or on baseball. I think his heavy opinions come from the NFL. And he's employed by the NFL. I mean, that Sunday night package that he does, that he hosts, the NFL's got to sign off on all of those guys. And, well, sometimes Costas might go... I mean, Costas has said more controversial things than Patrick ever has. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, the times that Patrick really gets controversial is when he is sniping at ESPN. That's when he really gets good. Other than that, you know, and I think he he toes back from out of fear or out of um, professional uh, maybe diplomacy from really ever going after the NFL. Like he won't ever really go after Goodell unless it's so obvious that you have to go over on Goodell. So I just think that there's a void there too because we talk about the NFL all the time and. God bless. I mean, I know that CBS Sports has the NFL package. I've never been told. Don't go as hard in the NFL as you do. And and you go hard a lot. Yeah, I think that I, me more than anybody else I've ever heard, like, openly feuds with, to me, like, the the integrity of the NFL most often. So I think that if you're listening to the show and you've got the the option of those three national shows, we have a leg up in both those ways. I agree. I totally agree. And there's no reason why... We can't make headway into their listenership that maybe aren't familiar with us. It's all word of mouth. If, if you're listening, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're listening to the show, spread the word. Hey, maybe you should be listening to the DA show. Yeah. Um, and I've also really, you know what? I, I've liked the pace that we have to be on with three hours. We're, we're like a Mike D'Antoni uh, it's mothership. A, yeah. It's a, it's a very high energy pace. Pushing the tempo. It really is. I mean, I well, do feel that way. the first three shows we've laid out the show on uh, kind of our grid, and I'm like, boy, when am I going to get to that? Okay, squeeze that in here. How do I get to that? Okay, that's got to be half of this segment. Whereas when you're doing four hours at night, and there might not be as much social media interaction, there might not be as many uh, calls, there might not be as many guests. You know, you really have to uh, you have to have long pl- clock eating drives. Totally. Because there have been times when we were producing the, or I was producing the night and working with you where we'd have a full blown topic list, but, you know, maybe we would get to the 920 Eastern segment. We're mapping out in a show and you go, okay, well, I guess we could do this here. Uh, if we run out of time, I, I, we would utter these words I'll come up with something. Yeah. There's no more I'll come up with something when you're doing a three hour show. No. There's way too much to get into to begin with. The cut line, this should be a cut, cut line. The stories that didn't make the cut line. That's right. They really should. Yeah. We, we've got stories that we don't even get to in the cut line. And um, the other thing is that what you realize coming off of the night is that you're reacting instantaneously to everything. So, like, when we were on the air tonight, if we were coming up tonight, 
we might not even get to Clippers um, and uh, and Jazz because right. it happened so long ago and it wasn't that notable. But we have to get to it if we're doing the morning show after that game. Cold opens now become conceivably easier and no-brainer, if you will. Yeah, what it, exactly what happened last night that's big. Whatever the biggest story coming off the night, whatever the big game was, or if there's another big storyline, I think that's it's a no-brainer where when we were starting at 6 p.m. Eastern, it could have been... Oh, a handful of things developed over the day. What do we think is the most interesting? Absolutely. I think we've become a more streamlined show, and it's been for the better. And, um, you know, one of my favorite phrases that you've heard me utter is, you know, you got to water down the soap, which is you got a little bit of content, and you got to add water just to flesh it out. Right. And sometimes you have to do that when you're doing a four-hour show at night. And uh, now there's no watering down the soap. It's like... I mean, we're just moving. This is an air raid offense now. Yeah, I'm sitting on the train now reading, you know, all the main websites, and I've watched whatever I watched the night before and coming in and going, okay, well, the topic list is going to be easy today. We got this, this, this. I'm writing them all down. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm doing my job as a producer better, but I also, in many ways, feel like my job as a producer is slightly easier, if that makes any sense. Right, because you're not doing as much research and digging. You're, right. It's more reaction. It's more reaction, which it's a lot easier to react than it is to dig. And you know me with manual labor. I'm not going <laughs> to break out the point. shovel. It's a fun show, though, to do when you react. Because oh, you're I just agree. You're, you're energized by what just happened. And when I'm watching games, I'm thinking about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I'm whatever I'm having the conversation with the person sitting next to me, even if it's to myself on my own couch... I go, okay, well, that's a take for tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. I um, I also think that doing the overnight show was a good training session for doing the evening show because in the overnight show, sometimes you had to create topics. You know, sometimes you really had to stretch and sometimes you had to get really creative. And then when we moved to evenings, it got a little easier because we were reacting to what was happening at the moment. But even then, you know, now you're incorporating, okay, well, how about listeners and how do they interact with the show? And now for us now, it's kind of like we have the graduate degree already in doing the show. So that, which is weird, everybody has asked me, you know, has it been uncomfortable? Has it gone? You feel weird? And I'm like, I feel totally normal. I I do too. This show, the last three shows, the last three episodes I've done has felt just like doing any of our shows, except, as I said, at a higher breakneck pace. And simply that um, we're just reacting to what happened last night, but that it has all the same, the entire same feel of the show. It's just like, it's like when you see those um, those houses that are broken apart and they're being on a flatbed truck hauled across the country. And you're like, they were built somewhere and then now they're going to be down somewhere else. It's just like we picked up the show, put it on a flatbed, and just put it in a different time slot. Yeah, I agree. I would almost correlate it to when a general manager builds a team, right? And you draft a couple young guys, and they become a core, and they're, you change pieces you know, every year, every year in free agency, where I feel like, I don't know what the, maybe the best way to do this is, the Warriors, when they first took Steph Curry out of Davidson, okay. right? Yeah. All of a sudden, they kind of became a you know a flashy playoff team, a little bit eight seed, seven seed, something like that, and that's kind of what we were in the overnights. And all of a sudden, the core comes together a little more, and you and you grow and you grow, grow it. I'm not calling myself Clay Thompson, but by the end, all of a sudden, here we are, a couple years later, they're championship contenders because they've added the right pieces around and they've learned from their experiences in each one of those playoff runs, and now they're the dominant force. And I feel like our show has taken that trajectory from two years of overnights, had some fun, had some fun. Cool. Okay, we had the tinker, some people left, some people stayed the same. We went to the evenings, and now here we are, and it's like, okay, we're ready to go win an NBA Finals. 
Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good metaphor. I like that. And I think that both Bilotti and Bogish have been great. Excellent Trash Tuesdays. Trash Tuesday is a good way of finding out what somebody's it's made of. Good litmus test. Good litmus test because if you're somebody who won't do Trash Tuesday, and I'm not going to name any more names because the names have been named before, and it's like, <laughs> well, you don't have any issues in life. Nothing's eating at you, and you give us nothing. Quite frankly, I judge you on that, but if you come out and you have something that bothers you and you, and you project it well in the air and you give everybody a few laughs and people can relate... That's a good judge of character, and I think, ironically, as funny as Trash Tuesday does, that tells me a lot about your work ethic. And I thought Bellotti and Bogus brought, <laughs> both brought something to Trash Tuesday, and now I think of them in higher regard. I think that was excellent for the team. They've been very good. Bellotti also, as, on the Wheels of Steel, is a very seamless fit because we saw him every morning doing two years of the overnights. Right. Because he was running TBD, uh, the morning show. So we would see him every morning. So he just kind of knows us and knows the show, and... I, I worked with Bilotti back in our previous life when I used to do some fill-in shifts on WFAN um, years ago. So I just, you know, I think it's seamless. And Bogus is just, as we've always said, like really good broadcaster, really right. good sense of humor, really good dude. So it's been great. I mean, I don't know. You know it, what I like about Bilotti too? The opposite of me. Makes him. He made a mistake Wednesday where he hit uh, whatever we were hitting, the cut line. Yeah. Maybe he hit it 10 seconds late and you had to stall with something when you went to toss. He comes out right after the show, to his credit, waits for me to leave, swings the door open to tell you, hey, that was on me. Sorry. If I made that mistake, I was pointing the <laughs> finger four different ways. And we don't need two people pointing fingers. We need somebody to own him. And if Bilotti's going to be the guy that owns it, it allows me to still deflect. And I appreciate that. Yeah, and it's it's impossible for me, for, uh, for me to get mad because he's just like, man, that was on me. I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. He's like, no, seriously, that, that was on me. Right, like, stay yeah, mad at me because I'll deflect. That's the way That's the way <laughs> yeah. this whole operation works. It was a lot like Planet Steve-O when Planet Steve-O <laughs> would just be laughing through every mistake that he made. And I'm like, I can't even be mad because you're just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to talk to Bilotti here on Side B? Yeah, the body Bilotti is going to make his debut. We have not taped this yet. This is also interesting <laughs> because we every time we did the PGP, we always tape it pre-show, whether it was overnight or in the evening. So now we're taping this after the show. I see you rubbing your eyes. You look exhausted now after doing a show and waking up early. So I guess I haven't taped yet. So really, I can't tease anything because I have no idea where this is going to go. We're going to get to know the body a little bit here and, and see, see what he brings to the table. I feel like the body Bilotti is a good nickname because he's a huge wrestling fan. And yes. it feels like a wrestling moniker. I'll ask him about the body Bilotti yeah. and see where we go with this nickname. <laughs> Got a lot of that coming up. Pete the Body Bilotti on Side B coming up now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, welcome to Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast. Sorry for getting the Permission Granted Podcast out a little later this week in the transition to days. Now, we're trying to get accustomed to exactly when we're going to be able to tape this thing because we used to do everything pre-show, as I just mentioned in side one, now doing stuff post-show. And if you're listening to this, I am the booming voice of God you hear on the Watch DA stream. If you're familiar with the DA show, which I'm assuming you are if you're listening to the PGP, this is Mraz, the executive producer of the DA show and host of side B on the PGP, joined in his inaugural, inaugural, in an inaugural, I think it's just an inaugural, permission granted podcast by Pete the Body Bilotti, our new associate producer and board op in the new hours on the DA show. Pete, welcome aboard. Oh, I feel honored. You know, and it's it's funny. I'm working with the dictator of Chubbo Nation. The yes. first week I'm working with him, I almost decided to do the paleo diet. <laughs> just just do meat. Y- yeah. 
Yeah, because my girlfriend's doing uh, doing the paleo diet. Okay. Uh, she wa- she wanted to try it just to see how it was, and um, and I was gonna try it, but I- I've been doing a lot of meat, but I I failed miserably the first day. Well, okay. Well, let me ask you something now because you bring up a good point. Uh, you're obviously a guy who, uh, let's be honest, doesn't always have his arms on his side at the fridge like me, if you will. Right. Now, were you worried when you found out about the, sh- the changes when I was coming in here that you were going to progressively get fatter because you were going to be working next to me? No, I, I have the willpower. Okay. See, I don't I, have any I, willpower whatsoever. I didn't have the willpower when I was married. Okay. And now? Now, you know, better better situation. <laughs> Better girlfriend, you know. Okay. So. Oh, all right. So there we go. So Pete now, he, see, he's a smart man because there's a new podcast for him. We've heard him on the Geo and Jones after party, which yes. you were a part of. Were you part of any other podcast on Play.it? No, no. They don't okay. want to be doing anything else. <laughs> so already within the first two minutes, we could tell you're smart on the PGP because you've plugged your girlfriend twice. I have. So you know if she listens, we've gotten that taken care of. And your girlfriend's name is... Bridget. Bridget. Okay, so Bridget, take care of Pete. He's already taken care of you in the first two minutes. She's probably not listening. Okay, well, either way, in spirit, that was a smart play by you. Okay, so already now we are four shows in. We are taping this after Thursday's show. You have been given a nickname. The Body. The Body. Pete the Body Pilati, which is pretty funny because in the history of the DA show, nicknames happen pretty quickly and out of the blue and out of nowhere. Uh, Joe D became Jolton Joe D'Aluizio, I guess because of Joe DiMaggio. I became Mraz because of a caller in Salt Lake City that couldn't say my last name. Steve Morali became Steve-O, because, Planet Steve-O, because, well, frankly, he was a moron. I'm sure he's listening. Uh, and, and James Ward, I don't even know if James Ward had a nickname. Uh, he, he could lift a barbell over his head. Right, yes. Very high. Which is interesting. A lot of weight. See, working with you as opposed to James, you eat a lot less. James will eat like four meals during a show. Oh yeah, I, I I've worked with James in various incarnations of James. Right, where he didn't eat anything. He was a vegetarian for a long right. time, and then when he started to do the meat thing, to coincide with his workout. But now he's eating like a pint of ice cream a night. He's a total slob, and you got to see when he eats on the show. So it's a little different because when you're doing the six to ten p.m. show, which you did years ago at WFAN, so right. you're aware of those hours and the oh. hours that we've just done. You're working during dinner time. So I used to eat before the show. I was always eating at a tub of where it's kind of cool now to eat dinner at home. James Ward would eat multiple times during the show. But the time we're on 9 to noon, you could eat your breakfast before the show. You could have your lunch after. So it's not big eating hours, which I guess for two galoops like us, <laughs> that's probably the smart way to go about it. Oh, yeah. it's To put me in a shift where I don't have any access to food is a good thing. <laughs> It's a very good thing. It's it's dieting uh, without a plan. Right, and I purposely don't bring in anything just to make it a point to not have anything. Okay, so now let me ask you this because we're working off the food and slobbish things here. <laughs> we just came off a shift where Tiki Barber brought a tray of quiches, a tray of pulled pork sliders, a tray of steak kind of sliders with asparagus. And as we found out from Andrew Bogish on Thursday's show, that isn't a normal thing. He said it could be Tiki TV money. Already, I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday, Boomer and Carton over here at WFAN and the CBS Sports Network, they had extra bagels left over. Uh, Mike Samter, who used to produce, used to work with Antiguan Tierney. Well, one of the greats. <laughs> okay, well, going to do a little something there. He brought a bunch <laughs> of donuts, so I've already had a donut. So I, I think I'm running into a situation, a problem where willpower gets tested in the morning more so at night. There's a lot more access to free food. Right. Have you found this to be a problem in your five years of CBS Sports uh, Radio well, in the morning? Well, it, it's that table. It's the right. table full of food. I, I, we have to give it a name, but it's a, the banquet table. The banquet, yeah. Every time someone brings in something, people are inclined to touch and take and eat. Because how do you walk past it and not? It, it's well, 
it's easy because we have a very cavernous newsroom, I think, compared to other yes, things. Yes, it's true. So it's it's pretty easy to pass by it. Yes. Like, you're going to see it. It's right. not like you have to go out of your way to get fed free food. The free food will basically be in front of you. Uh, correct. Correct. So for me, like, in the beginning of the time here, because I, um, as I said before, it was the miserable time for me. Right. In, in terms of other things going on. Right. And I would partake a lot more in that table. Okay. Now I just I just I just walk by. If I see something that's somewhat interesting, maybe maybe a little a little bite, but nothing nothing that uh, uh I just use my willpower. I just look I focus. I, I So keep, the Yeah, go ahead. The body, the Bilotti has willpower. I guess what we're finding out here, Pete, is with all the fun we have in the show, at some point I think you need to become a mentor towards me and willpower because there's I had actually lost a lot of weight in the two years of evenings. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going on over thirty pounds. I am worried those pounds are going to be put back on working this shift. Just you know what you know what you do. You just stay focused. Uh, stay just stay focused and worry about something else. Stay focused and worry about something else. Now, yeah. also, you working mornings. You're part of Geo and Jones first because you were on that Geo and Jones after party. I got to ask you with these hours. What time do you get up in the morning? Uh, you don't want to ask. Well, it, I'm asking. Well, I it, it's let's just say this. I'm getting up and there's late night shows ending. God. See, I'm getting up at 5 a.m., and I know that's, like, normal, like, adult life stuff. Like, a lot of people get up at 5 a.m. There's a lot of people on my train in the morning. But every time that alarm goes off, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get up right now. And it's hard, too, because if you oversleep my hours, you oversleep tremendously. Right. Even if you're in a rhythm, you, you, you're you sleeping two hours later. It's crazy. So that's crazy. So that's See, that's a fear. Have you ever overslept in these hours? Like, uh, alarm didn't go off, power went out, you didn't realize? I've, I've overslept. But not to where it was affecting me coming in at, okay. at the right time. Because I, I had that fear the first night, Sunday night into Monday, that that was going to happen to me. I tossed and turned. I tossed and turned. Now I'm in a groove. But, man, I just it's still a culture shock getting up early. And you get up even earlier than I do. And I'm getting up at 5 a.m. Eastern. Big key. Uh, alarm clocks in many locations. Multiple alarm clocks. I have three. Three? And you I, set all three every night? I set them all the different times, too. Like five minutes after five each minutes other? after. So I have to basically do jumping jacks in order to, <laughs> to get up. And I wonder if the key is, because I've thought about this too, not have the alarm clock right next to your bed. Like have the alarm clock in the bedroom so you have to jump out of bed to turn it off. But then listen to this. What about if you can't hear the alarm clock? Say you fall asleep with the TV on. Okay. See, I, I feel like the only thing I wake up, because I, I sleep with earplugs. Okay. And the reason I do that, it wasn't something I meant to, because I did the DA show was two years of overnights first. The only way to sleep during the day I found by doing the overnights, because I have to try to get seven, eight hours sleep during the day, is to plop in earplugs, because you got dogs barking, landscapers going, everything like that. So I just became accustomed to them, and now I can't sleep without them. Right. So I, I have a pretty loud alarm clock, but I guess, yeah, if I put the alarm clock somewhere else, maybe I won't hear it as well. I almost need it next to my ears. And the other system was I would have on classic TV for me. I'd have on classic TV, old shows, uh, that antenna TV, whatever they call right. it. And my alarm on the TV was Three's Company oh, at the time. Man. It was at 3 o'clock. And I would wake up, and then when I see Three's Company on, I'm like, oh, I got to get up. <laughs> Three's now, Company. Now they totally changed it, and they put that stupid show, What's Happening, on from, from back in the wow, 70s. really taking shots at what's happening. Uh, I don't like that show at, at all. So, but, Pete, you sleep with the TV on, then? I do. Has that been a whole life thing? Um, yes and no. I could do both. Interesting. But, but it's, it's kind of a thing that just helps me, like... And your girlfriend's okay with that? Yes and no. 
Okay. See, yes I wouldn't no. be okay with it if I was your girlfriend. I, I think I think I think she would like to turn it off, but if it's on, she doesn't mind it. Okay. See, me, I need like darkness and quiet. Yeah. That's to sleep. So we're learning a little bit about here about but, people lotty. But I think both both of us can fall asleep at any at the drop of the Oh, okay. I more, th- me more so than her because of my hours. Right. I'm starting to get used to it. I almost passed out on the couch at 9 o'clock. I had to wake myself up for, for the end of Hawks Wizards. Big key is Friday. Get that nap in. If you get the nap in. Then I'm good for Friday night and the whole weekend. Friday night. A Friday nap. See, I'm learning the tricks of the trade here on Mornings with Pete. So, Pete, before I let you go. Yes. Uh, what are you most excited about working with the DA show? And what scares you the most about working with the DA show? Be honest. We're all about the honesty policy. All right. um, what what I like about it is how, how good you guys work together. Okay. And it, it just helps me more because I know you guys are on the same page. And I can, I can add my two cents in here and there and make you guys look as good as you can. You're part of the crew. Add your two cents as much as you want. But you're of being course. too kind. We are very disorganized. No, I know. But, but you, you guys have the same wavelength. Yeah, that's true. No, it could always vary, but you're it's on chemistry. the chemistry. You've been together for a long yeah, time. Yeah, and, and and the thing I I worry about the most is screwing up. And, and you know what? <laughs> I've never had that. I've never had that fear of screwing up. Now that I've been here for ten years since I started. Right. And I think I think it's because I, DA's a little like Steve Summers. Steve Summers, who I worked with for right. three years, he's very. Um, into the cues and very into production. Listen, DA will admit it. He's anal. He has idiosyncrasies and everything like great. that. And and you and you want to do well for, right. for someone like that. Of course, and you want to do well for everybody. But if you screw up, right? You don't want to. Well, here's the thing. Like, because I think you, uh, I think you relate to one cue Wednesday or Tuesday, right. if I remember correctly. Yeah, <laughs> But what I liked about this, and I mentioned this inside one of the PGP, you went in and owned it and told DA, "Hey, that's on me." Well, if that happens, DA's not going to convince you. I'm a blamer. Right. If I screw something up. I'm telling you right now, you're going to get blamed. Bogus is going to get blamed. Everyone goes under the bus. Billy Jackalone's going to get blamed. Everybody goes under the bus. I do not take any accountability, so it's good to have some accountability. And if you do that, you're going to be fine. There's no fear Look, in that I, at all. I, I learned this a long time ago. Take accountability. People respect you more. And, and See, I look at it like just, me. just lie your teeth off. You know what I mean? Don't take any accountability. Blame but everybody you else. you got to cover your ass, too. <laughs> You gotta come your ass too, but there's times for that. I th- feel like here you can you could go right. up to somebody. I think people are cool like that. You could say hey to, with the bosses, with anybody, and s- say what you really feel. I like that, Pete. Well, Pete, I know you gotta go. You've been here all morning, so we'll let you go on that. Do you have a Twitter handle? We like plugging the Twitter handles uh, at, at the end. CBSPDB at CBSPDB or PDB CBS. One of those things. All right. Well, hopefully Pete knows his Twitter handle You'll by the next time. It, the next it. PGP. <laughs> I am uh, at Mraz CBS. So thank you guys for a fun first week. We got to know the body Bilotti a little bit, and uh, we'll pick everything up next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.